0: Hi, and welcome to the Hormonal Mama podcast. I am your host, Kara Drescher. It is great to be here today. I am so excited to talk to you today about skincare product ingredients and how they affect your skin. I told you a few episodes ago that we were going to be doing a nine part episode on skincare and wellness and really breaking down ingredients in skincare products and understanding wellness and how it affects your body during fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum struggles because hormonally speaking, uh, your skin plays a big role. And what's really great is understanding product ingredients and different things that you can do for your body will help you tackle some of the more difficult issues in these three periods in life. So I am looking forward to it. I hope you are too. Let's get talking about skincare ingredients. If you listen to my last episode, The Corner of Beauty and Foodie, you should have some sort of an idea of how I relate skin to food. Now, I know that probably sounds a little crazy to a lot of people, but that is, I love food. I love skin and equating the two is is kind of fun. It's definitely a unique approach, but that is me. I'm a unique person. I always look at things from a different perspective. Today, instead of going the abstract route like I did in my last episode, I'm going to be a little more scientific. It's going to kind of I don't want to say it's going to get into the chemistry of things because I'm not a chemist, I'm not a scientist, and those kinds of things can be a little bit over my head. So, I want to talk in basics, I want you to understand different product ingredients so that when you are trying to care for your skin and you're dealing with hormonal changes like you deal with in infer- infertility, pregnancy, and the postpartum period, you can make more informed decisions on what to put on your skin and also what products are going to benefit your skin, not just the ingredients, but what type of product do you need to get the results you're looking for. So before we talk about ingredients, let's kind of do a quick review about the different types of skincare products out there. So my list is a list of nine. Most of these are products that you can use at home, although some of them are gonna be products that you're gonna need to see a specialist like an esthetician or a dermatologist for. Um, But I will explain as we go. So our product categories are cleansers, toners, exfoliants, masks, serums, moisturizers, sunblocks, eye creams, and the last um, category here, which is the one you want to see someone, a professional, someone who specializes, is going to be chemical peels. So the next important thing is to understand that each of these product categories is broken down into further categories. Let me explain. So we talk about cleansers, right? What does a cleanser do? Well, a cleanser is essentially just going to remove the surface oil, dirt, debris, anything that's sitting on the surface of your skin. Cleansers, in my opinion, my professional opinion, are probably the most important step of the skincare process or regimen, if you will. There are a number of different type of cleansers. We have foaming cleansers, cream cleansers, oil cleansers, gel cleansers, clay cleansers, micellar cleansers, powder cleansers, bar cleansers, and cleansing cloths. I have my favorites. I have my favorites that I like personally, but also professionally speaking, I have favorites that I think are better than others But to kind of take that a step further, it's also important to understand that not only that, but you also have to think of skin type. You have to be aware of what type of skin you're treating with the cleanser. So, for example, if you are someone who has very dry skin, you probably don't want to use a clay cleanser because the whole purpose of a clay cleanser is going to be to really try and get rid of some of the oil the excess oil in the skin. So if your skin is already dry, a clay cleanser might dry your skin out more and vice versa. If you want an oil cleanser and you have very oily skin, you might want to stay from away from an oil cleanser because it might make your skin more oily. That's why it's so important to understand ingredients because if you are using the wrong type of product for the wrong skin type, you might get poor results. And each product type is formulated with specific ingredients to get that particular type. We'll get to that in a minute. When we talk about toners, toners are broken down into categories as well. Hydrating toners, freshening toners, exfoliating toners, treatment toners, and astringent toners. Exfoliants. Exfoliants are a little complicated because this is really two cat well it's really three categories but i'm gonna the three categories when i say that i mean we've got mechanical chemical and then chemical peels That's a different chemical peels are a type of exfoliant, but that's a different category. So when I talk about mechanical versus chemical exfoliant, I'm talking mechanical exfoliants are things that have abrasives in them like jojoba beads or ground walnut shells or Cornmeal or things like that that are abrasive, whereas a chemical exfoliant usually is more like an enzyme, like a fruit enzyme. And again, I'll break that down a little bit more for you in a little bit. I just want to break down the major categories first. Our next main category is masks. When we talk about masks, these are broken down into a lot of categories more than you may think. We have cream masks, gel masks, clay masks sheet masks, exfoliating masks, and peel-off masks. Again, these all have different purposes. For example, if you have very dry skin, and and this is very similar, the concept here is similar to what I was talking about with cleansers. If you have very dry skin and you go and put a clay mask on your face, you're going to really dry out your skin because the whole point of the clay mask is to bind that excess oil and other residue sitting on your skin or deeper into your pores, and it's going to dry you out. Whereas a cream mask is going to be beneficial to you because it's thicker and it's got the cream side to it, if you will, that's going to nourish your skin a little bit more. So it really depends on your skin's needs. Serums. Serums I have broken down into two different main categories that are broken down into more. So the one category is I'm going to call it time of day. You have your day serums, night serums, and then your anytime serums. So meaning it's formulated specifically to be worn during the day, out and about, or a night serum, which is specifically to kind of like a reparative serum because you're going to wear it overnight when your body is repairing itself. And anytime serums are serums that can be worn day or night or both. The other category is purpose. So the other category we have broken down into anti-aging serums, brightening serums, acne-fighting serums, hydrating serums, exfoliating serums, reparative and renewing serums, and firming serums. Okay, you can hear the difference in each of these. There are different purposes for each category. Moisturizers. This one's a little easier. This is a smaller category. There are a million, and that's probably accurate, million different types of moisturizers out there. But what I'm talking about is the formulation, creams, lotions, gels, ointments. These are our main categories. It's the way that the formulation is made so that the moisturizer has a specific purpose, but kind of like with cleansers, and we were talking about foaming versus cream cleanser versus gel cleanser, same concept. It's just the formulation is different. So the delivery method is going to be a little bit different on how it works. The other thing about moisturizers is understanding what they do, you know, the the main thing about moisturizers you hear, and and this is kind of not really off topic, but a little, you know, side note here. When you hear moisturizer, a lot of people think, oh, the moisturizer's job is to bring moisture into my skin. That's not entirely correct. The whole point of a moisturizer is to attract moisture from the environment To your skin and then trap it. So the moisturizer itself isn't going to be creating the moisture for your skin. It's not like you're putting liquid on your skin and your skin's drinking it. I know that's a really strange analogy, but what's actually happening is the ingredients in the moisturizer, the whole point. For example, humectants, the whole point is to draw in that moisture to sort of grab the moisture from the air and then lock it in, trap it in your skin. Uh, the next category is sunblocks. Sunblocks are, you know, there's really two categories for sunblocks, chemical, physical, plain and simply. Chemical sunblocks have specific ingredients in them that work differently than Um, physical sunblocks. So, for example, physical sunblocks usually have zinc oxide and or, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank here, titanium dioxide. (laughs) I had a moment there where I forgot what I was talking about. Whereas chemical sunscreens have a completely different delivery system and the ingredients don't just block, they have a lot more to them than that. Um, And when you're looking at a chemical um, sunscreen, you're going to see certain ingredients that are different. The ingredients most often that you're going to see are oxybenzone and avobenzone or avobenzone. And these are chemical ingredients that work differently than the physical ingredients and I'll do a whole episode on this at a later time um I'm just mentioning those just so that you have an idea of what basically what um the difference between a mechanical and I'm not yeah um um, a physical, not mechanical, a physical and chemical sunblock. And again, we'll do a whole episode so you can understand the difference. Um, but just as a side note, fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, avoid chemical sunblocks. Go with the physical go with a physical co- uh, sunblock that has titanium dioxide and or zinc oxide. Stay away from oxybenzone and abobenzone. That's just a side note. Again, we'll get a whole episode on that so you understand a little bit better. Next, we're talking eye creams. How are eye creams different than moisturizers? Well, it's the same concept essentially, but eye creams are formulated to be thicker and to really target the delicate area around the eyes. Eye creams come in different formulations to focus on dryness or puffiness or fine lines and wrinkles or dark circles. Those are your main areas that you're going to see eye creams formulated for. Um, our last section here that I want to talk about are chemical peels. So, what's a chemical peel? Well, a chemical peel is a lot more advanced than um, your regular exfoliant, right? I talked before about physical versus, or sorry, mechanical versus um, chemical exfoliants. And chemical exfoliants that we're talking about are things like enzymes. When I'm talking about chemical peels, I'm talking about specific acids that you put on the skin that go deeper. We're talking alpha hydroxy acids, beta hydroxy acids. Then we talk about Jessner's peels, TCA peels, retinol, mandelic acid peels, and so on and so on. The main thing here that I want to sort of break down for a minute before we get further into this, alpha hydroxy acids, we're talking glycolic acid, lactic acid, malic acid. There are others, but those are the three main ones that I'm talking about at the moment. And then beta-hydroxy acids, the main one that you're going to hear the most about is salicylic acid, which is going to be primarily for acne problems. Um, so now, now that you kind of understand that there are all these different categories, not only are there different categories for different product types, but there are different categories for the purpose within each product type. So... Let's talk ingredients and understand some of the ingredients that you're going to see in skincare products, because there are a lot and some you will see in various types of products, whereas others you're only going to see in very specific products. So let's talk product ingredients. So this gets a little complicated. There are specific ingredients within each product, but there's a larger category or umbrella term to describe what the ingredient does. For example, I'm going to start at the beginning of my list here and we're going to talk about emollient ingredients. I'm sure you've heard of the, the word emollient before. What is the point of an emollient? Very simple. It smooths and softens the skin. So specific ingredients that fall under the emollient category are things like shea butter, cocoa butter, coconut oil, mineral oil. There are others. This is a very short list to save us some time. That is the point of an emollient, right? Its whole purpose is to smooth and soften the skin, period. Okay. And then you have specific products within that category. The next category of ingredient are emulsifiers. What does emulsifier do and emulsifier do? Easy. It stabilizes the formula mixture. So think about it this way: you have oil and you have water. Oil and water, they don't mix. So within an emulsifier, you have a hydrophilic element, which is a water-loving or attracting element element not water attracting but it's attracted to water we'll say and a lipophilic element which is oil loving or is attracted to oil so this way they're attracted to both oil and water which allows the the, um, emulsifier or whatever ingredient it is to bind the oil and the water together to stabilize the mixture okay that is the whole point of the emulsifier i like to use the example of Salad dressing, right? Usually when you see something like a vinaigrette, right, and you have the vinegar and the oil, they don't mix. So you have to emulsify it. In this specific, ex- not example, but when we're talking about emulsifiers and skincare products, you can't just, you know, get a, a, a whisk or a fork and mix them together. You need a particular ingredient that can do that. Some examples are lecithin, right? You've heard of soy lecithin, lecithin. <laughs> or you have got sunflower lecithin, et cetera, et cetera. That is what lecithin does in this particular example. Stearic acid, palmitic acid, propylene glycol, all of these ingredients are emulsifiers. Uh, When you look at fragrance, okay? Fragrance is kind of complicated because you have two categories of fragrances. You have natural and you have artificial. Natural fragrance are things like plant oils and extracts and essential oils and things like that. When you look at an artificial fragrance, you're looking at a fragrance oil, which is made up of a variety of different chemicals that create a particular scent. But it is not natural. It is artificial. This is not always a horrible thing. People are very quick to say, oh, fragrance oils are terrible, but they're not necessarily. It really does depend. So it it also depends on the product. Some companies will only use natural scent and others will only use fragrance oils and some use a combination of both. In my bath and body products that I make, I use a combination. I use primarily essential oils and extracts and infused oils and things like that. But I also occasionally use fragrance oils because, for example, there is no coconut essential oil. So you can't really get the scent of coconut without a touch of fragrance oil, coconut fragrance oil, for example. So that's why I put that in there as an example for you. And again, there is a whole list of different fragrance oils, natural and artificial. This is just my one example for you. Another uh, product category is the pH adjuster. What is a pH adjuster? Well, it guarantees the stability, safety, and performance of the product. Now, that's a very, very short description, but that is essentially what it does. So I have two examples here for you, citric acid and sodium citrate. Now, the important thing with citric acid is citric acid is a very versatile acid. It does a lot. It's it's not like being a pH adjuster is its only purpose. There's so much more to it. And for example, again, I know I'm kind of talking about a different thing here, but for example, if you've heard of a bath bomb. In a bath bomb, they mix citric acid with baking soda, and the combination of those two ingredients causes it to fizz. So again, it's not the only purpose. It has multiple purposes, as a lot of these ingredients do. But that's just an example of what citric acid can be used for. Another product category here is thickener. Well, what does a thickener do? Well, it gives creams like moisturizers and eye creams their distinctive feel and form. I have one example here, and it's a good one. Xanthan gum. Xanthan gum can be used for a lot of things. It's edible, so it can be used not just in skincare products. It can be used in recipes. A lot of the time it's used in gluten-free recipes to help mimic the stretching that gluten provides, right? Not stretching exactly, but if you think about bread dough and how you pull it and it stretches, you're not going to get that in a gluten-free bread dough. So the addition of xanthan gum along with some other things kind of mimics that. Now, we talk about preservatives. This is another category here. What does a preservative do? Well, essentially it prevents bacterial growth to give the product a longer shelf life. Now, most people hear the word preservative and they get scared off and they hear parabens. I'm not talking about parabens. There are a lot of other excellent um, preservatives out there that don't cause any damage to the skin. Or if they do, it's very minimal. My two examples of preservatives are potassium sorbate and terpene, Okay. And these are just two examples. There are a million, like I said, millions, probably excessive, but there are a lot of other examples out there. These are just two of the examples that I'm giving you for our purposes today. Um, Other skincare ingredients that I have for you are just common ingredients that don't really fall under any of these specific categories or if they do i just am not going to break them down for you because like i said so many of these things can fall under a variety of categories but common skincare ingredients that you may hear aloe vera benzoyl peroxide caffeine collagen coenzyme q10 Different clays, like bentonite clay is a very, very popular one. Kaolin clay, other clays like that. DHA, which is dihydroxyacetone. Sorry, that was a little difficult to say. Elastin, essential oils, jojoba oil. We talked about titanium dioxide and zinc oxide before as sunblock ingredients. You may see activated charcoal or charcoal powder in a product. Um, Things like... You know, I talked about citric acid before. Let me break that down a little bit for you. It is a naturally derived acid from citrus fruits. And there are so many great things that citric acid can do. It can help reduce pigmentation, clogged pores, and wrinkles by sloughing off dead skin cells, and it can also speed up cell turnover. So citric acid, I mentioned this and give you a little more detail because we're talking for a minute about another um purpose of the citric acid. Hemp seed oil is another great ingredient that comes from the hemp plant, but it comes specifically from the seed of the hemp plant. Uh, Kaolin clay gave you that example before, and there are just so many other examples. so i hope that this breakdown of skincare ingredients was helpful and, and i hope that you now have a better idea of different types of ingredients um, in skincare products and what they do and, and maybe just a little bit clearer of an understanding when you're reading something and you hear them talking about emollients or emulsifiers or thickeners or things like that um, hopefully you just kind of know oh okay well that's what that does so that when you're looking at product ingredients and you see certain ingredients, you might say, "Oh, that's an emulsifier," or "I think that's a pH balancer." I think that I know what that does, and you can make a little more bit more of an informed decision. As I go on more and more with this uh, series that I'm doing, you'll understand a little bit better. So again, when you look at your product ingredients and you're making your decisions. You're not just going in blind saying, okay, it says that it's good for dry skin or it says it's good for melasma. You have a better idea, a better understanding of what ingredients specifically work for your skin. And on top of that, if you are pregnant or breastfeeding or if you're going through infertility or anything like that, you can make more informed decisions knowing what ingredients you shouldn't be using on your skin. There are many companies out there that don't understand or don't know how to explain what may or may not be safe for pregnancy. So it's really important to make sure that you are well informed and educated so that you can best care for your skin and keep yourself safe. So With that, I'm going to say good night or good morning or good afternoon or whatever time of day it is that you're listening to me right now. And I am looking forward to our next episode. So take care and I will talk to you then.